Welcome to Our Soul, a podcast by Kelly Fox and Terry Williams from the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, it's me, Kelly, and today is a little different than we uh, usually do on the podcast. Today, um, Terry is actually out sick, and we have Elena here. Hi, Elena. Hey, Kelly. Elena Ramsey is our executive director here at Ohio RCRC, and she is going to be filling in as my co-host today um, as Terry is out sick. And I thought that that um, made a good starting place for a conversation around self-care and taking time off and kind of the expectations and the external pressures um, around taking time off and um, what you should or should not do. But, um, yeah, so, uh, like I said, Terry's not here because he's sick. And that really reminded me of how, um, how hard it is to take time off for, uh, some people, um, for like, I've heard this kind of general, uh, thought process around some of my friends who work in, uh, jobs where they can easily work at home, uh, where they may have, uh, vacation days or time off days or whatever um but it just feels like the work is so pressing that everything keeps coming and um that everything's on tight deadline and so they don't take their time off even though they are that's like a part of their compensation it's a part of their benefits and they should be taking that time off um and then on the other end um i have like you know uh, other friends who work in like ser- the service industry or other jobs like that where when they try to take time off then their managers will sometimes like override that or it just is so difficult especially right now with um you know the service industry being really short-staffed in general uh to take time off and so we kind of have this burnout on both spectrums where like it's just impossible to take care of yourself um so yeah i i just wanted to talk a little bit about that and i think that like the point of what is the phrase like you don't live to work but you work to live and it's just really hard to live right now i think right oh absolutely that's it. That's exactly it. I mean, we are human beings. We're not human doings. And our worth is more than our work. And uh, gosh, uh, it's something I think we have to continually resist and subvert. You know, this capitalistic culture that just drives us to always mm-hmm. produce and to think that everything is urgent when it's not, right? Like, Actually, our staff was supposed to meet up today. Even though we all work remotely, we gather at least every other month we get together. And we were supposed to do that today. But, you know, we were like, you know, we're going to change our plans and we're going to work remotely and we're not going to get each other sick. And we're going to, you know, let Terry rest, which you would think would not be the most radical thing in the world. But for some folks, they're not used to that kind of work environment or a kind of work culture that really honors people's mm-hmm. humanity. And it really should be that basic and that simple. And yet that is not the case, right? Like I've been watching the Olympics mm-hmm. nonstop and 
I just love the national conversation that's being had, you know, starting, of course, with Naomi Osaka, who decided to step away from doing media interviews, and now Simone Biles, who decided not to compete uh, for the first couple of rounds of the Olympics. And I just think it's really powerful, yeah. you know, that these two phenomenal leaders uh, decided to center their wellness and to care for themselves. And of course, you know, that caused such an uproar for people who just thought, well, don't they owe us? Don't they owe us their entertainment and their bodies? And they don't. (laughs) And I think like one thing um, with both of those examples and with Terry talking about like, you know, not getting each other sick and like um, the kind of, I think, stress that uh, a possible injury, especially at the Olympics, could cause on the whole team, um, like, in, in the same way, caring for yourself is also a way to be caring for the other people that you're around. Like, by not having our team meeting today and Terry not being with us, he not only t- is taking time to care for himself, but he's, like, not risking, especially with the Delta variant and everything that's going on with that, not risking us getting sick, which I I really appreciate. <laughs> um, and um, with, you know, I especially think about Simone Biles and the kind of... Uh, terrific stunts that she pulls and you know like one wrong move uh, and she could be paralyzed or she could be you know really badly hurt and like that in in the end would be probably worse for her team even if she had chosen to not compete the whole time I think like the stress of having a fellow team member be greatly injured or paralyzed or whatever uh, is probably even worse than having them not perform and so um, I think really in a in a basic way like taking time for yourself is a way to also care for your team because like I don't know uh even if Terry was just burnt out having him on the podcast or having him do his work um is I mean I don't want him to be burnt out for one and um if I'm like working at my peak and he's like burnt out um you know those two energies don't mesh well together and so in the end, it's, like, better for the team. If we're talking about in a capitalist way and, like, not taking into account the humanity of people, uh, <laughs> that, like, it just, just, it just makes sense um, to be operating at your best and not at your mediocre, you know? Yeah, for real. Yes, and, you know, like, physical injuries or, you know, physical health aside, I've, um, you know, like... We, we honor people's wellness, and that includes their mental health. And that's why, you know, I love that you brought up burnout. Um, and I love that the Olympics is really, <laughs> I've started to dig into, you know, why it's, it's as important, the, you know, the, the physical prowess of these athletes, but also their mental health, because it's all connected. And in the end, you know, someone's mental health, um, you know, that kind of especially when it comes to trauma you know when we consider the traumatic history that Simone Biles is carrying um Mm -hmm. gosh especially after being abused by Larry Nassar um Mm -hmm. it it's so important that we consider people's holistic well-being you know and that's their Mm -hmm. that's their spiritual that's their emotional their physical and their mental health and 
in the end, it's about bodily autonomy. It is about mm-hmm. whether people have a say in, you know, whether they show up or not. And mm-hmm. people should be able to consent to that and not be forced, mm-hmm. you know, to, to work yeah. when they're not feeling well or when they're feeling burnt out. Like, I, I think it's one of the strongest things that people have, uh, emotional intelligence to recognize that and for work cultures to honor that because, oh gosh, to just see all the commentaries about Simone Biles and, you know, the Olympics as it's wrapping up and everything that shouldn't they be strong? This is what, you know, they've, um, this is part of the culture, right? And who says it has to be? Like, why can't we transform that? (laughs) And that mindset is just, like, so harmful and I think has been kind of instilled, like, this, uh, the, um, like, this American work ethic, Mm -hmm. like, that you have to, you know, keep pushing through and, like, keep working hard, even if you feel bad, even if, like, whatever, because there's no I in team and so we, you can't, like, just think of yourself over other people. Um... But, like, that kind of mindset is just so toxic and is ultimately not beneficial for the people themselves, like, the team that people are on, but it's only beneficial for, like, the the capitalist that is profiting off of whatever work these people are doing, you know? Like, if um, if somebody isn't taking their time off, if somebody isn't taking time to care for themselves, if someone isn't, like, listening to their body and their mind and like your mind is a part of your body and I think that that's another thing that uh like in American society um is kind of separated is you think of your mind over your body and like those two not being connected and I could go into a whole thing about that but um anyway uh the this idea that you shouldn't take that time to care for yourself because you have to care for your team is just another way of forcing people to uh not take control over their own bodies and it makes me think a lot about um agency and um the the illusion of choice Mm. and uh i and i i mean i think this should be (laughs) true for everyone but like you don't have agency unless you know that you have agency like if you don't feel like you can honestly um use your ability to choose if you don't feel like you can uh, honestly say like no I can't do that or I need to take this time off or whatever then you don't actually have a choice like if there is a choice there but like if you if you do one you face consequences like that's not a choice at all um and I think like the there's like this uh is a part of the American work ethic that says that we you know we have this choice to take time off but actually you shouldn't do that um, and that's not a choice at all. And <laughs> that is not agency either. Nope. Even though, you know, the option is there, but like, what kind of option is it? Yeah. Oh, that illusion is real. I mean, I can <laughs> back to the Olympics cause I'm just stuck on it. Um, I think about, um, Alison Felix who, you know, we, we talk about bodily autonomy, you know, this world-class athlete who, wanted to get pregnant and and Nike told her that, you know, if she decided to be pregnant, that they would cut 70% of her sponsorships. Yes. And her pay. And again, then where, where is the choice there? Where's the agency 
for her Mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, choose between (laughs) the family that she wants or, you know, making money. She has bills to pay as an athlete. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love that she decided, you know, to cut ties with Nike. She started her own brand and found other sponsors who were willing, you know, to honor her, her, her family's, you know, reproductive decisions, her own agency. And, and look at her. She, oh my gosh, has just blown away the competition. And she's proven everyone wrong that, one, you should not be punished for starting a family. Like, how dare mm-hmm. Nike do that? So, anyways, I just think, I just love all the leaders. One, there were 66 women who got Olympic medals, more than all yes. the men in the U.S. Uh, so 66 American women. But then also that, um, you know, when we talk about self-care and community care and uh, subverting, you know, capitalistic notions, um, I personally look to the black and brown leaders, and they've been the ones who have been shaking up um, especially in the Olympics, you know, with Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles and Allison Felix. And once again, you know, the labor, though, and that burden falls on black women, brown women, Mm -hmm. to help point the way that, yes, another world is possible, but they also, um, as much as that gives me hope, they've also been the ones who've taken the backlash, right? Yeah. Folks telling them they're soft or they demand too much. And... uh, I mean, gosh, white men never have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they make up the rules. They make up the standards. And uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we don't have to accept this culture of just uh, work and overwork and getting burnt out. Like, it, is, it should not be a badge of honor. Instead, mm-hmm. you know, I look for ways that, you know, our staff and our partners can continue to care for each other. And uh, like that to me is a mark of a healthy movement, a sustainable one. And mm-hmm. one that lives by its values. You know, we wanna be people of justice. It's important as much um, the work that we do, but how we do it and how we care for ourselves and how we care for each other. That reminds me of um, the earlier this year, um, I was, I was off at both organizations that I work for. So, uh, but earlier this year when the uh, insurrection happened at the Capitol, um, I I saw a few um, reproductive justice organizations take that week off Mm -hmm. and say publicly, like, we are not going to be working while literally, like, a coup is happening. (laughs) So uh, I I just, like, really, when I I think about... um, organizations and like whether you know their values aligned with me or if it's something that I want to support or whatever um I often think about the way that they uh are public about the way that they care for their staff and just like the way that they care for their staff like internally um when I've been looking for jobs like the the first thing that I care about is like the values and um I always ask questions about like self-care and what policies are in that because I think that uh, when there's actually policies in place for people to take time off and when people are not, um, you know, uh, like subvert- subversively punished, 
uh, for taking timed off, then uh, that is a sign of like an organization that is aligned with the values that they say they have. Um, and I think they just, it's just really important that, you know, like people are people. <laughs> and I, going back to that idea that, you know, nothing is so pressing that it cannot be rescheduled. Um, I just, I just think about things like that with those, those crazy moments in, in, uh, the last year, <laughs> in like the last year where things have just like out of nowhere, you know, um, changed, um, and, and the ways that, you know, we at Ohio CRC care for each other, um, and also the ways that like organizations and partners have, uh, chosen to care for their people. I, I just think that like uh, a, a part of this burnout culture is uh, this this thought that you have to work through it and that you have to keep going. And even when like it's literally like our movement that's being attacked, that doesn't mean that we suddenly become not people and we suddenly have to hurt ourselves to work. And I think also uh, like as uh, someone who is like, I don't know. I think of myself as like just starting my really adult career. Um, the the idea of not um, or of being or of listening to my body and my mind and like choosing to take time off is still really hard um, because that is instilled from from a younger age. Um, but along with like black and brown women, especially being the ones who are like breaking that mold, um, like you were saying. Um, they there's like the backlash that they have to face and also if you break like the the unspoken rule uh then sometimes you have to deal with the unspoken punishments and i think like somewhere inside of me is like the fear of those unspoken punishments um even when i am with like organizations that i highly like value and i feel like my values are aligned with um but i think like that internal struggle of like what the world is telling me and what I know to be true is like really difficult. Um, and I don't want to be the person who has to like break the rules and like get the unspoken punishments, you know? Mm. Well, I'm so glad though, that you are learning <laughs> all of this, <laughs> um, you know, as you start out your career in many ways, cause, um, you, then you know that things can be mm -hmm. better, uh, that you don't have to settle, you know, of course I'm older and I've, um, gosh, I've worked in D.C. in New York and the grind and the competitiveness is real in those spaces mm -hmm. and elsewhere. And um, I've only come to a place of being able to, you know, manage Ohio RCRC with values that, that really care about people's well-being and really practice Sabbath or rest mm -hmm. um, because I've worked in spaces that did not do that, especially faith-based spaces. Yeah. And I just feel like that is just not how we were created to be. You know, myself as a Christian, it's, uh, uh, it's really disheartening for me to, the, to work in faith-based spaces where, you know, they don't, they don't practice the values that they preach. And that yeah. includes treating their employees well and, providing space for rest, but also honoring people's, you know, families and, um, yeah, trying to make accommodations for childcare and 
thinking holistically about benefits uh, that, you know, give people living wages and time off and, you know, again, all the things that should be common sense, but are just not the ways that um, much of the U.S. is structured because we've just really bought into a corporate Mm -hmm. mentality and that has bled into a lot of our faith spaces as well and many, you know, of our churches. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like even even beyond just like that, um, you know, having a living wage and having benefits that actually help you and those kinds of things. Um, For those who don't know, I worked for a church for uh, like two years uh, while I was finishing up college. And that was a whole experience in itself. Um, And it was the people were, you know, kind to me as a young as a young pastor, but also we had a very different values, especially around LGBTQ equality and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, the, the along with that, like working in a church has so much um, emotional like work that goes into it. And um, at least in the, the church culture that I grew up in, um, there's this like, you know, you pray, you pray away all your traumas and all your worries and then suddenly it doesn't hurt you anymore even though that's not true. And I think one of the most like significant parts of that is like, uh, I remember when I was working at the church, having to do a funeral and having to, you know, bury one of the parishioners that was there most of the time I was there. And then having to still come back the next Sunday and like be able to be with the, the people in my church community and deal with my own grief around losing someone that I've like used to seeing every week. And like, um, there isn't like rest for that. (laughs) And um, it just can be really, really hard to deal with like that emotional burden. Um, Even if it's like, even if I didn't care for that person, then there's still like that residual grief that you get from from caring for their family and their community. Um, So I just think like, we there, there not only is not enough spaces for rest for people who are like, been working too much, who are literally physically sick, who, like, just are exhausted, are dealing with mental health issues, etc, etc. But, um, also, we don't have this, we, I feel like there's not enough recognition for emotional labor as labor, and that, that being something to recover from. I don't know, I like to, like, when I think about that time when, um, I performed that funeral, like it's almost like when you you do like training for some if we're do, going with this sports uh metaphor that we've been kind of talking about uh i i do like boxing at home so <laughs> if i did like an hour of boxing and then just like went along with my day as if nothing had happened like it wouldn't be the same um and i don't think that we should treat it as the same um yeah Anyway, that's, that's kind of a tangent, but, like, I, I definitely have, like, a lot of love and a lot of care for um, people who are pastors, especially, and people who work in faith communities or work um, just in faith spaces, because sometimes that both this understanding of, like, the difference between the mind and the body and, like, uh, the mental labor that goes, or the mental and emotional labor that goes into doing work in faith spaces um 
but just like the 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 constant work and definitely not enough pay for people in face faces a lot of the time amen yes <laughs> this is why people are always like oh it must be hard to work uh, you know on abortion rights and i'm like <laughs> especially from a faith perspective and i'm always like Actually, it's a lot easier for me than when I used to work <laughs> at, like, church settings. And, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll take this any day. Now, um, bless our pastors and other faith leaders, because they do. They yeah. carry a lot for our communities, and um, they need self-care and rest and healing as well. You know, like, mm-hmm. who cares? Who cares for the caregivers? And... Mm-hmm. Um, if we're not thinking of them, <laughs> um, then, of course, they suffer, but our whole community suffers because of that. And as well, like, um, I think, you know, thinking back to the the policies around self-care and, like, how I look for that, like, I think in a lot of spaces, there isn't actually policies or, you know, procedures for when people need time off. And so that's where I think this mentality of, like, why couldn't they just be strong for us? Or like, why would they do that to us as a team? Because there's not like procedures for when a person needs time off. So I think like something, if we're going to take a lesson away from uh, Terry taking a day off because he's sick, uh, it's just that there needs to be, you know, a backup plan. Having an understanding that people for whatever reason may change their minds on what they want to do or may choose to do something that's better for their own bodily autonomy like then we are prepared to do that and we have a backup plan or we have like some other way that we're going to figure things out and I think that like uh or all like societally we're always going with plan a and we have no plan b because people aren't just going to disappear but that's not that's not actually how it works um yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and I'd, I'd like, add that, you know, like I do. Uh, I love process. I love policies and procedures. It's part of my job. So I love <laughs> making that explicit, right? To, to help shape mm-hmm. the, the culture that you want, uh, but also making space for people to practice it, you know, as you said, yeah. like, so that there are no um, kind of hidden uh, punishments. Or hidden expectations, you know, that when people practice um, saying no or taking time off, that we really honor that, you know? Like, y- y'all are really great when I'm like, I'm taking a vacation, and, and you know, you can text me if you really need me, and you're like, no, no, we're not. We're not going to do that. <laughs> and that's a great reminder for me because we're practicing, you know, as a team that um, we, we're re- really going to honor everyone's um rest and time away and that includes no kind of interruptions you know and Mm -hmm. that is important because you can put a lot of things down on paper that look good but if you can't practice it and live it out Mm -hmm. then it means nothing (laughs) yeah yeah it has to it has to exist in both ways you both need to have a plan and you need to know that like it's again to go back to that illusion of choice like if you feel like there's going to be some type of like negative reaction just because you're taking the time off, then you might feel like you don't actually have a time off to take. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it just it just needs to be both ways where like the, the, there actually is a choice. Yeah. Um, 
which this is very much so aligned with our last episode where we talked about like all of the uh, issues around the cost um, for abortion and um, those kind of barriers that are there and how I I mean to to kind of tie that into this like uh, that even even when abortion is legal in Ohio which it is um, when there's all these barriers it's it's almost like you know where is the actual choice there and that's why we have people like uh, women have options um, and you know all of our other partners who are working to make things more accessible because even even if things stayed the same um, and there weren't other attacks on abortion and people trying to make it even more inaccessible um, there there still is a, a lack of access to a lot of people in Ohio who should have a right to their own bodily autonomy just as they should with their work so anyway uh, we are about out of time so thank you Elena for being on with me and giving Terry the rest that he needs thanks for having me and I'll see you uh, I will be back here in two weeks <laughs>